We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Taping on a Friday afternoon, about a day and a half later than we normally tape, for reasons that are almost exclusively my fault. Um, we're moving uh, studios, as most of you know, if you listen to MPW Digital, we're moving uh, studios, brand new equipment, all that stuff. So. I'm still learning a little bit as we go, but we're getting there, and uh, we're going to talk about a number of things today, although I'm not exactly sure what, because of my schedule and Martin's, to some degree, show prep has been, uh, <clears throat> remember that time when you, your mom asked you if you studied for the test, and you're like, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, studied. I opened the book. Uh, I studied, mom, of course I did. Yeah, so we're kind of there. Uh, and then you but, got a 67. Yeah, and yeah, well, yeah, a 27. <laughs> Um, so we might even talk some soccer as we were uh, saying a little bit ago, we might talk some soccer. Argentina leads the Netherlands as we tape this one, nothing at, um, halftime of the, uh, quarterfinals of the world cup. There was a classic game this morning, Croatia and uh, Brazil. We might talk about that a little bit as well, because why not? It's soccer. It's Friday. Um, uh, but before we do that, Martin, tell the people about what's going on at Pinnacle and how they can get in touch with you guys. Man, we are uh, we're we're still we're still getting settled and moved into. We've got, you know, a little bit of woes um, from tech from a tech standpoint. Uh, most of mine is an internet issue, and it's really just a weak internet. AT and T has not gotten that figured out. So if it if it gets a little spotty, uh, I'll ask for forgiveness. But uh, man, we are we are moved into our new spot. We are on the sixth floor of the Butler Snow Building, uh, you know, in Ridgeland and. Still waiting on a few pieces of furniture, but man, we're almost settled. Uh, really excited to be here. Uh, we're kind of right in the middle of the financial district, and it's funny our clients that have been into the to the office have actually said, you know, hey, it's it's kind of cool because their attorneys are upstairs. Uh, you know, we're on the sixth floor, and their CPAs are either on our floor or the floor below us. So, kind of a one stop shop, which is which is pretty cool. But um, 
Amen. Anyway, man, we've had a couple people reach out uh, in the last few weeks um, through, you know, email. Uh, and we I love it when, you know, when our listeners, uh, you know, ask us questions. And even if we end up figuring out, hey, you know, we uh, we won't be able to be of service long term. Uh, it's still cool to do that. And, you know, in most cases, we are able to help uh, most folks with their problems. So, uh, you know, if you're kind of end of the year thinking that uh, this year made you sick, and you're tired of worrying about it or worrying about it on your own, give us a call, 601-957-0323, or shoot us an email uh, at info at mypinnwealth.com. Um, let's talk a little soccer before we do anything else. Um, let's talk soccer. Yeah, because you, you love soccer. I'm, I'm growing to love soccer on a daily basis, uh, living in a house with a soccer junkie. Yep. Um. All right, first, you're refereeing some Oxford-Clinton matches on Saturday. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. You're not doing varsity boys, so that, that's probably no. probably a good thing because that potentially could have tested our friendship and our partnership you know, a little bit. Because, I, I would have uh, still loved you even if you told me how stupid I am. I, I'm, I'm accustomed to parents telling me how dumb I am. Well, so. we've had – Oxford has had – I shouldn't say this. I can almost hear Hunter Crane going, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that on a show. But, well, it's – look, it's not – don't blame my son that I'm his dad. It's just one of those things. <laughs> We've had some issues weaving Oxford's boys team with officiating this year. And I don't know whether it's because the officiating is kind of tired of Oxford's kids. Although our kids are pretty pretty tame, we just keep running into issues with officials. And it's kind of created... Is it the parents that are the issues? Mm, I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. Because as a, as a group the Oxford parents are pretty, pretty quiet. Pretty I mean, tame. That's good. Yeah. Pretty quiet. Um, we've, we've, we've had some problems and had a couple of games kind of get out of hand where it felt like the officiating was part of it. And, and, um, so yeah, you'll, you'll get the, you got the Oxford, you have the junior varsity boys and girls. I don't know anything about those two teams. I'm sure that they're, uh, perfectly well behaved. Yeah. And I will say, um, we are down significantly in numbers, uh, and it's not just Mississippi. I mean, it's across the board for officiating for soccer. And then even it was funny last night. I had a game. I won't say who, you know, who who, who the teams were. Um, and I was on. I was an AR uh, for for the for the men's game. And then I was in the middle of um, of the junior varsity game. And on the junior varsity game, we ran a duel, which for people who most people are not accustomed to what uh, what that means. You know, usually you have three referees um, on the field. You have the center and then two assistant referees that, that are really responsible for Their main job is to look for and call offside and then also to help with throw-ins and substitutions. Um, and when you run a duel, essentially you have two center referees, you know, on each half of the field, kind of kind of close to the – line but also you know coming into the middle of the field to be able to help you know officiate the game and so you know there's 22 kids on the field there was two of us uh we're gonna miss a couple of things and so um i was running and i happened to be running on the line the you know the sideline as the ball rolled out of bounds and i blew my whistle and the coach just lost it on me and he was like whole ball referee whole ball and i said Yes, sir. Whole ball. And of course he's got an angle. He's standing off the sideline. Uh, so his angle probably looked like 
the ball was still touching the line and I'm standing on the sideline and I could see green between the ball, you know, and the, and the white line. And, you know, and I told him, I said, yes, sir, whole ball, whole ball. And, uh, you know, he makes his comments, which those things don't bother me. I don't care. And, uh, you know, the parents start making comments and of course I wear glasses. So I always get the, you know, you need to get your glasses checked referee, blah, 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 blah. And I don't, those things don't bother me. Um, but I, you know, as we were leaving, there was a comment that was made and I didn't say anything. Cause that's what we're told. You know, we're told don't engage, you know, just walk off the field. And I almost wanted the smart ass in me wanted to say, dude, let me tell you what's happening here. All the good referees have gotten tired of y'all shit. So they've left. And the only referees that are, that are left are the shitty referees that will take more money to put up with your shit uh, because we don't care. And, and, and I was like, no, just walk off the field. Don't say anything. And I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just walked off the field. Uh, and I'm not saying that I'm a shitty referee. Uh, I'm saying that I'm, I am cer certainly not, uh, you know, a world cup referee, but dude, that is true, man. A lot of our, a lot of the really good referees have just left. They've, they're just tired of, and they don't, and referees don't get paid a lot, dude. I mean, I definitely am not out there for the money. Uh, but you know, it's like, if I'm going to go referee a match and I'm going to spend an hour and a half and I'm going to get paid, you know, 45 bucks, I could think of better things to do with my hour and a half time. I'm there because, you know, I understand there's a shortage. I love the game. I try to give back. Uh, you know, I want kids to have the opportunity I had. And, uh, and that's why, you know, there's the, the referees that are out there are, they may not be the best in the world. Um, but they're out there because they do give a shit because I, most of them are not there for the money. You know, it's funny. It no, it's no money. Oxford had a game fairly recently. Um, and it was a, it was a district game and I don't know what the coach on the other side said, but we're talking eight, nine, 10 minutes into the match. He got red carded. Yeah. He got red carded and just sent away. And I was like, man, he's probably for dissent. He must've said the magic word, but like in my, most of my playing background is a football, baseball, right? And in baseball, you know that there's magic words you can't say to the umpire. There's, you know, there's yep. certain things. I mean, Bull Durham's not exactly fictional. I mean, there's parts of Bull Durham that are right. You know, you can't you can't use that word for the most part. You call an umpire that, and you're you're headed home. I don't know what he said, but that was that. He was gone. It happened really quickly. But my point was, for whatever reason, that seemed to like raise the the antagonism over yep. the course of the game and then you know the teams the teams got kind of weird and next got thing you know there's chippy. lots of yeah next thing you know there's lots of yellow cards and i don't know yeah. just it was and well, as, well, a, and as a fan as a fan who's doesn't is not completely educated on soccer and i i'm i'm not alone right there's i think that leads to some of it is that you you're in this part of the country i think most of the people who are at the games they sort of know what offsides in football looks like or what holding looks like or pass interference. But sometimes the stuff that gets called in soccer, you're like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what the call yeah. was. And I think that leads to some of it. Well, even, even last night, dude, I had an offside call. It was a great play. It was from a corner kick. Um, or it was an offside, no call actually. Uh, it was a, it was from a corner kick and um, you know, the ball came swinging into the field, uh, you know, player on the team that was taking the corner kick, you know, heads the ball into the goal or toward the goal, hits the crossbar, um, and his teammate is standing 
you know, in line with the last defender. And, but when the ball comes off the crossbar, he makes a run into the ball, beats the defender there and scores. And the coach that uh, also told me was yelling at me about the, uh, you know, the out of bound, uh, the out of bounds ball or the ball that was, he thought was still in play. Uh, you know, ask me, he's like, how's that not offside? And I was like, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm standing here on the back line. I have a, I have the best angle of vision to see whether it was offside or was not offside. And he was in line with the last defender. He's like, he was offside by a mile. We could see it from here. And I was just like, okay, dude, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's 80, not, not 80 yards. He's 60 yards from play, you know, at a 45 degree angle. And I'm 20 yards from play, uh, right on like, you know, right on the back lines. Like I have, I have best, I have the best line of vision and you're right. I think it's a lot of it is some folks don't understand and that's okay. They don't have to, but I do think that there are referees like in the duel. It became, it was as apparent when we did the duel, I'm a referee that lets, I let the kids play. Like I'll let them be physical with each other. Uh, and you know, when they lower their shoulders and they charge or they chop at the feet or the ankles, like I'm going to call that stuff. But, you know, if they go, if they're going shoulder to shoulder and they're battling for the ball, I'm not going to call that. And, uh, you know, and some referees do. And so there is some inconsistency and, and that's just, hum that's the human piece of it. And even in the duel, when I had the duel last night, it was my half of the field. There was some battling going on and I was letting it go. And the referee on the other side of the half, because it's kind of like running two center referees blows the whistle for a foul. And I looked at him, I was like, the hell are you doing man like that's not a foul and he's like oh you know they were getting real chippy and i was like all right man so even referees disagree on what is and is not a foul all right let me ask you this on a bigger soccer picture we'll, and we'll get to some other stuff in a minute there's not just a whole hell of a lot of financial stuff in the news i was just glancing at the front page of the wall street journal and it's a no, lot of a lot of pi number was a little hot today but we'll see what cpi is in a few days that's the only thing that's happened there was a, a we referenced it at the very beginning. There's a, a classic World Cup quarterfinal on, earlier on Friday, as you're listening to this, perhaps on Saturday or Sunday. It was between Brazil and Croatia. Brazil has one of the most famous players in the world, uh, Neymar yep. Jr., um, kind of a internationally an absolute household name. I mean, think Michael Jordan. He's that that big. And Neymar scored a goal. In extra time, it was zero to zero after full time. He scored a goal in extra time. It's a fantastic goal. I mean, one that had Brazil won, it would probably go down as one of the epic goals in World Cup history. It was phenomenal. Uh, you got to see Michael Jordan do Michael Jordan things, right? And the the Croatian team, which is just tough as nails. That's what they are. I mean, the the one th they're just tough. And, and Luka Modric is a beast, man. And uh, yeah, he's not quite a Michael Jordan name. But I mean, he's a, he's top ten, top fifteen players in the he's, world. He's Kobe Bryant for Croatia. He's a Kobe yeah. Bryant, you know, caliber. To put it into basketball terms, he's kind of a Kobe Bryant of Europe, and he gets the the, the equalizer one one. They go to penalties. There's a part of me that hates penalty kicks. And, yeah, I and do too, man. I, I don't like, like that a game that like that after 120 minutes is decided by penalty kicks. It just it bothers me. But I don't know the solution. I'm I'm. 
I'm one of the rare people that hate college football overtime rules. I think they're yeah. horrible. I despise them. But anyway, here's my here's <laughs> they my. They kind of went to the soccer penalty kick rule. Yeah, they kind of did college football overtime. with the two point play. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here's my question: You're you're around it. I, I I deal with the website that's you know football, 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 a little bit of basketball, and a lot of a lot of college baseball. But it's mostly football, football, football. In your opinion, matches like the one on Friday, uh, the World Cup, the way that it's played out. Is soccer going to grow as a in, in in the states as a result of the World Cup, or do we have to wait until 2016 when the World Cup comes to North America, mostly to the United States, for that growth to happen? What do you, what do you, what's your thought? I don't know, man. This is this has felt like a different World Cup than than normal, as well. It's been very you know very televised. Not I shouldn't say other all the other World Cups are televised too, but. Um, you know, it, it just seems like it's been, uh, people have been more engaged, even, you know, my non-soccer people, you know, were engaged and they were pulling for the U S and, um, and, you know, and even the U S the U S, uh, they were the second youngest team in the entire tournament. Um, you know, we had, we got out of group play, you know, we didn't get past round of 16, uh, and that really sucks, but I, I don't think the expectations were that they were going to make it to, you know, the semis or the quarters. I mean, the quarters or the semis, uh, while that would have been awesome, that wasn't the X. I mean, cause you know, you think about in 2018, we didn't even qualify. So it was a, it was a win that we qualified, you know, for this year. And then a, a win that we got out of group play. Um, I do think and- one thing that came out of the American run was that Christian Pulisic, I think, who was kind of already on the radar, I do think he sort of became a household name for the first yeah. time in, in mainstream yeah. American sports fandom. Yeah, I think him, um, you know, Tyler Adams, who, you know, was less of a name than than Pulisic, because um, Tyler Adams had a fantastic tournament. Um, you know, and like even Weston McKinney, uh, you know, and Serginio Dest, who probably in my opinion, got his stock rose the most, um, you know, with, and, and I think it's mostly because of the match with the Netherlands, because he's Dutch born, you know, to a Dutch mother, um, you know, fathers in the military, a U.S. U.S. citizen in the military. And he had to make a choice to play for, you know, the country he was born in, which was the Netherlands or the U S and, you know, he made a choice to play for the U S because the U S believed in him. Uh, you know, and I hate that we lost to the Dutch. I think that was the expectation. Um, but man, I think that that 2026 is going to be a great year for the U.S. men's team. Um, you know, for the tournament, uh, just because they're going to have a little more maturity under their belt. A lot of those guys are coming back. Um, you know, we will we'll have to refresh our, refresh our two center backs, but that doesn't. I don't think that that's going to be a. I don't think we're going to drop off because I actually think we'll will probably get enhanced, you know, from that center back position. And if you remember, um, I mean, it was the, our center back Zimmerman, you know, took down Gareth Bell against Wells, yeah. uh, you know, in the box and, and we didn't come away with points, you know, with all the points for, because of that. And, uh, you know, in Zimmer, I'm not smack, I'm not talking shit about Zimmer, Zimmerman. I'm, you know, I'm just saying Zimmerman is, uh, you know, he's, he's older, man. He's a, he's in his mid thirties and for soccer age, I mean, or I guess really professional athlete age, that's kind of, you're kind of a dinosaur See, unless to, you're playing golf. To me, what was interesting about it was like Zimmerman's a good example because I saw Zimmerman play at, uh, in Nashville 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, at a game, I guess it was last summer, they were playing uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Landon with Vault Entertainment was in here this morning uh, helping with all the setups and stuff, and he's a big uh, Atlanta United fan. And so, yep. you know, for the longest time, Major League Soccer, and fairly, was pretty criticized for the quality of play. It was you yeah. know, incredibly uh, inferior to, like, English Premier League or La Liga or Bundesliga. And I'm not saying it's caught up to that because, obviously, it hasn't. But my point is, is that there are some of those, some of the guys that you can see on an MLS field um, are in the World Cup. And the majority of the American players came out of like, what's it, MLS club, you know, where they started in, in MLS. Yeah, the so, academies. Yeah, the academies. That's what I was looking for. Um, I don't know. I just think, I think there's a chance that over the next four years as we build towards 2026, and obviously it's a long way away, but I, I do think there's going to be more. I don't know. It's gotten – there was a thread on our message board. I'm jumping around. This is like train of thought for a person no, who hasn't slept much, good, so I apologize. Um, it, it, there was a thread on our board a week ago. It was the morning of the, uh, of the game against the Netherlands where there was two, two kinds of people on rebelgrove.com, which, by the way, would make a fantastic Christmas gift, a subscription to rebelgrove.com, eight sixty four a month, basically, if you sign up for a year. I mean, you, you can't – it, that, that, it was that price – when they were hunting for John Wilkes Booth, it was still eight sixty four. Eight sixty four. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, and I, I talked to I talked to Mrs. Lincoln the other day, and I think she said she was one of the first subscribers to yeah to well, the Rebel Grove. Yeah, she renewed. She keeps renewing. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, it it was just kind of um, where was I going with this? My train of thought. Oh, uh, we're talking about two train two types of people on Rebel Grove. Yeah. Okay. Thank against you. the Netherlands U.S. match. Here we go. So there was one like me, that was super excited about it, right? Because it was this opportunity uh, on Saturday morning, you know, in, in, in kind of on national television before all the championship games happened. I realized they were competing against the college game day show, which whatever. Um, and then there was the people that still push back against soccer. You know, they hate it. It's communist. It's, yep. and, you know, and they don't really mean communist there, but, you know, the players aren't tough. It's just and, and they buzzwords. Fake. Yeah, they fake yeah. injury and they don't like it. And I think they don't like it because they sort of view it as a threat to, you know, to football. There was one guy that really pushed hard with, you know, it's a anyone that plays the sport doesn't have testosterone. That's the problem with with the problem with the boys who play that sport. That's not a contact sport. Blah 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 blah. And of course, I got kind of irritated with that because I don't. I, I think that's that's ridiculous. If you a if you live if you have ever played the game at any competitive level, you know that. No, it's pretty physical. There's a lot of contact. It's pretty physical. There's a lot of yeah. contact, and, and you can you, – you, you get Without pads also. You get banged up, right. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I live with a 16-year-old who plays for Oxford, and I see his – I see the bruises on his body, and I'm, I'm going to guess that that's not happening from getting beat up at school. I think that's – Oh, soccer. dude, and wait till he has friendlies against girls. <laughs> well, he's done that before, yeah, and he'll, he'll, uh, he'll tell dude, you Christopher would come home with, like, claw marks in him i'm like what in the hell and he's like dad they were clawing me i was like oh my god but you know i think more and more the pendulum is swinging towards the former group not the latter the ones that are hey this is kind of interesting this is kind of fun yeah you know maybe they're like me and you know i'm 52 and when i was growing up you didn't play soccer like i remember there was ymca soccer as a little kid and we played 
there were no rules. We didn't even know the rules. The coaches didn't know the rules. Like, yeah, just out there having fun. We just out there. I mean, you were chasing goals. You, you, you there was no. I don't think they called offsides because I don't think the referees knew what offsides was. And, I don't. And I played YMCA soccer initially, and I don't remember there being referees. And there might have been. Yeah, um, but you know, but I like, don't remember that there was no high school soccer. And had there been, frankly, it would have been. Oh, did he? Oh, he missed. Yeah, it was good curl day. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're both watching this game as, um, we're, as we're talking. <laughs> had there been... Maybe I, we should just do Mystery Science Theater, theater 3000 and just talk, <laughs> be the commentators for the game. Yeah, had there been <laughs> soccer, it wouldn't have been very cool. Like, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, if you played soccer, that was like the nerd sport or whatever. And that is no longer the case. And that's what you try to explain to older people that maybe don't have the benefit of having a kid doing it is that... That's that's not the case anymore. I mean, it, it's no longer that. I mean, there there are kids that play on Carson's soccer team, for example, and the teams that I've seen him play against, Starkville and um, uh, Lewisburg and, and Tupelo and all, all those kind of teams. I've seen kids on the field that know those kids a generation ago would have played football, and those kids today could play football if they tried out for football and just spent the time on football that they spend on soccer. They would be good high school football players. There's no question in my mind. And yeah. so I, I think the sport's growing and changing. And you look at, like, speaking of Landon and Atlanta, I mean, you know, that, that's it's not the easiest ticket in the world to get. Now that Nashville's nope. built their new stadium, that's a difficult ticket to get. We were in Cincinnati not long ago, and the Cincinnati team was out of town. But talking to people, we were at one of the restaurants down in um, kind of the trendy part of, of Cincinnati, and we were around some young guys. I, mean, I say young guys, guys in their 20s or whatnot, and they were sitting there having a beer and hanging out, talking to one another. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I struck up a conversation with them somehow, and, and we were asking about, I was asking, at first we were talking about the Reds and the Bengals, and I gathered the way the conversation was going that while they liked the Bengals and they liked the Reds, the team that they were most into was the Cincinnati, I guess it's FC, yeah, FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati, And I was like, what are those games like? And they're like, oh, they're a lot of fun. I mean, I'm like, yeah, great I, fan base. And I'm like, who really go- great I'm like, who goes? And they're like, they realized I was like being really inquisitive. And so they started really answering my questions. They were like, well, it's, it's mostly young people, you know, twenties, thirties. Um, they, we go, you know, people go to the, to the, the bars for yep. a little before the game. And we go to the game, and then after the game, people go back to the bars, and it's like this four or five hour event, and it's kind of fun. And and I'm like, so is it crowded? And they're like, yeah, it's packed. I mean, you know, you can get a ticket. It's not a complete sellout, but you know, you, you you're not guaranteed a ticket. Let's see, let's put it that way. If you wait till the walk up, you're not guaranteed that you're going to get in. And and I thought that's pretty cool, you know. And you don't have to be a genius or a business person to understand that if you're getting the twenties and thirties now. If you can produce a product that captivates them enough to keep coming, yep. if, if you get them now, well, they're going to tie heartstrings to it, and they'll keep coming, and most of them are going to end up with families, and they're going to have kids, and they're going to want to take their kid to a game. And w- what game will they take their kid to? They're going to take their kid to the game that they went to. And so you do the generational thing, and that's the point, right? I mean, you used to see that with baseball all the time. I'm, I'm rambling, but I'll tell you this. It's a issue that baseball's had because there was not long ago I took Carson to a Cubs game. I guess this was three years ago, pre-pandemic, and one of the ushers came up to me at the time. I guess Carson would have been 13 years old, and he came up to me, and he goes, it's so nice to see a dad take his son to the ballpark. And I looked at him like, what? And he goes, yeah, you don't see it as much as you used to. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, this is Chicago, Wrigley Field. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. So, you, you, Yeah, you, especially especially the Cubs, man. I would figure that – Yeah. If you're, but if you're getting the 20s and 30s, you're getting that group, well, those people typically, if they you know live natural lives, they, those people have 50, 60 years left. You get that group, that's a pretty good way to start building something. And I don't know, I, I just kind of have a feeling that, I, I agree with you, for whatever reason, this World Cup has created more buzz in just general sports fandom. And um, I have a feeling that it's going to really grow in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, and dude, and I mean, 2018, you know, the U.S. wasn't in it, so it probably wasn't as, you know, it was, there wasn't as many people watching from the U.S. But, you know, in 2014, uh, the U.S. was in, and they're still, it, and it has been. It's, it's, you're right. There's a trend that is positive for. Hey, look, not to interrupt your soccer. train of thought, I'm going to keep, keep going. A quick question. When did, when did Paramount Plus begin? When did Peacock begin? Oh, uh, dude, it would have had to have been, you know, probably a, pandemic ish i'm wondering if that's part of it now is that people have had a chance to watch especially the english premier league and yeah. the majority yeah. of the the majority of the the, the biggest league representation yeah, it's like the nfl of soccer yeah the biggest league representation in the world cup is the english premier league i wonder if uh, you have more people who have been able to watch you know chelsea and and man city and man u and liverpool and, and liverpool, arsenal and tottenham yeah. and whatnot Fulham and all that. I wonder if 
if that has led to, well, that you know more of the people, which makes you follow the, the countries a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe it's just a, just a like a theory off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, and, and dude, I think some of it, too, is, is exactly what you're saying, too, about the generational stuff where, you know, it's a father-son, you know, uh, a mother-daughter, uh, you know, a, a parents and kids event. And that's kind of the cool thing about soccer, too, is, you know, football, football is, you know, oh, son, I played football in high school. And, you know, I kind of have that, you know, the, the um, oh, gosh, what's the married with children uh <laughs> oh um, uh, oh uh, i was thinking about hank hill because uh, hank hill, uh, uh what what was his name he um was it bundy uh yeah al bundy al thank yeah. you he played he for like, the high school he was the high school, high school high school star yeah yeah you know it's called six touchdowns blah, blah. and but you know and moms don't have that experience to share with their kids or you know, they're like i didn't i scored six touchdowns in polk high school or you know i was the baseball polk, champion that's right but, you know, but with soccer, dude, in, in, my, in my age group, too, you know, and I mean, I'm 39, I turned 40 in April. Um, There's a lot of women that played soccer, you know, in high school and college that are my age. And, you know, they have kids. A lot of my friends that are girls that did have kids playing soccer. And it's something they share, you know, like the whole family shares together, too. Uh, and they, you know, and mom and dad may have the experience of soccer, whereas they don't with yeah, I hadn't thought you know, about football that. Football and it's, baseball. I would guess soccer, and this is just a guess. I have no numbers to back this up. I would guess soccer is the biggest high school girls sport in the country. Uh, I would say probably either like it probably competes with basketball. You know, volleyball has become really, really popular yeah. in Mississippi. Yeah, volleyball's um, big. Lacrosse is big, but not nationwide. But not in Mississippi, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably that's probably about I'd, I'd say that's probably right. You know, and softball, you know, is yeah. I just, it's, like it's, I said, I don't, I don't have the numbers to back it up. I just kind of wonder. But there's a lot of opportunity for soccer, um, you know, and for for females and and males. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see in 20 years what it looks like in the U.S. I don't, and I think we're probably 20 years to 20 to 30 years away from the U.S. being able, the U.S. men's program being able to compete for a final. I think that's coming. We're not there yet, and it won't happen, you know, in 2026, I don't think. But I bet in the next 20, 30 years, the U.S. men's team will contend for for a World Cup championship. You and the women's team have already done it yeah, multiple times. Which maybe goes a little bit of a way to sort of proving my point that, that it's already been, and your point as well, that it's already been big with females. I mean, for young girls in this country, I mean, it was – um, Hope Solo and and uh, Julie Foudy and I guess I'm leaving. Man, Hope Solo. We were talking about her the other day, and I was she was my crush, man. Uh, she was my celebrity hall pass, and I would have let her beat me up whenever she wanted, wherever she wanted. Mine was probably I, I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have had to let her. She could. She's very capable of beating my ass, but. I would have probably enjoyed it. I don't know that I have a hall pass, but if I had asked for one, it there were there were there were days that it might have been. Is it Alex Morgan? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Alex Morgan. Um, you know, and it's she's funny, a really talented think, soccer player. She is. She is phenomenal. Yeah, and 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 a, and a beauty as well. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. She's also very attractive, but she's yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean. Hope Solo is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. She's probably. Six, I bet you she's six foot, six yeah. one, six two. Yeah, Hope Solo, um, while while very attractive, there's she. You you'd 
be a little scared. Very, you'd be a little scared of her. I mean, yeah, she, she, she looks like you know. You you'd be like, hey, um, how are you? And if she looked at you funny. Be like, hey, never mind. It's all good. <laughs> I'm I'm out. Best of luck. But yeah, I think I think I think soccer will grow in popularity, and I think you're right. Like, you know, like my mom's generation, um, where it just wasn't a. They just didn't know anything about it. You know, the only reason that I think I had an early uh kind of love for it is because it was it was something that was in our house um because of my dad you know my dad was born in cuba uh he was not a good baseball player and it was like you you chose one of two things in cuba you either played baseball or you played soccer uh and he couldn't hit a ball so soccer it was so you know when other dads were you know throwing the football with their kid or playing basketball with their kid you know dad's out in the front yard with me and we're kicking a ball around and that was just, you know, got started from a young age. All right, let's touch on a couple of economic things for the people that listen to this for economics and not for... Messi just scored, by the way. Oh, there it is. Yeah, you're a couple <laughs> seconds in front of me. 2 nil. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I mean, well, today, for the household names, Neymar gets a goal, Messi gets a goal. Those are probably the two biggest names in the tournament. Dude, and yeah, and before we leave from soccer, can we talk about how emotionally cool it would be because Messi, Messi's a good, like a good human. He's not like the, you know, Ronaldo where, uh, you know, Ronaldo makes very narcissistic comments. Um, and you know, Messi is a kind of a quiet, you know, quiet, gentle giant in, uh, in soccer. And he's never won a world cup. This is probably his last world cup. Um, never won a world cup before it would be, it would be really cool to watch him win a world cup. Now we can go to economics. Yeah, it would be cool to see him win. Like watching Neymar today, how just despondent he was because this is probably one of his last ones as well. Yeah, and and he's a little younger than than Messi, but uh, you know, it may be it may be Neymar's last one. But gosh, man, I mean, Messi, uh, he's he is the goat, dude. Uh, and if you look at personalities, he's I prefer him much more than Ronaldo. All right, we'll touch on a couple of things, then we'll, we'll let people we'll let people go. Yeah, I like I like Messi too. He's he's uh he's cool. Um, all right, this is reading from our friend Gabriel T. Rubin at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Gabe, what's up, man? What's uh, up, Gabriel? Hope you're good, Mr. And Mrs. Rubin. Hope uh hope you're having hope you're having a good week. U.S. supplier price increases eased in November from rapid gains in the first half of the year in a sign that inflationary pressures could be moderating. The producer price index, which generally reflects supply conditions in the economy, rose 7.4% in November from a year earlier, the Labor Department said Friday. That was down from October's revised 8.1% increase and well below the 11.7% rise in March the fastest since PPI records began in 2010. Who could forget that? On a uh, monthly basis, the PPI increased 0.3% in November, the same as the prior two months that was slightly above the average monthly gain in the two years before the pandemic and well below month-to-month gains in the first six months of 2022. Uh, Services and food prices drove the November gain, while overall goods increased slightly. You've been sort of hinting at this for a while, that you think it's going to be sort of a slow... Um, ease out of out of the heavy inflation. Is this sort of backing you up? Yeah, I mean, and, and just meaning that it's not going to roll over quick. Um, and I think what we'll probably see, so that was from the producer's price index. Yep. 
And, you know, in a couple of days, we'll get the consumer price index, which is really, you know, that's what everyone, that's the quote unquote inflation number, right? That's the number that everyone's really talking about when they say the word uh, inflation. And, you know, we'll need to, we'll see what, what CPI looks like in a couple of days. I imagine it's probably going to continue, you know, it's slow trickle, um, you know, down. I don't think it's going to be a quick quick down so I, I you know and, and and so what does that mean for what the fed is going to do you know if the fed um if the fed if the fed stays on track with what they're what they've said they're going to do we're going to get one more rate hike this month december of 50 basis points which i mean i think that's a that's i mean that's a you can take that to the bank that's going to happen and then in january i bet we get one more another half a percent and they could do it where they do a, you know, January 25 basis points, February 25 basis points. But if this, if this CPI number, the inflation number comes out hotter than expected, we may be, we may be still in for another couple of rate hikes. So you kind of think about where mortgages are right now. So mortgages, let's call, let's say they're at, you know, I think they, I think they did roll over to, and they dropped down into like the, uh, maybe the upper sixes or lower seven percent for the mortgages for mortgage rates. You know, you get two more rate hikes of a percent. I mean, that's pushing mortgage rates up to, you know, to eight percent. Um, it's going to slow. That's definitely slowing housing down. Um, you know, it's and we might tip into uh, an even faster slowdown for for the economy. The only thing that I'm the verdict is still out on, and we'll know more in the first quarter is what year end numbers are going to look like for profitability. And, you know, if we see, if we see the S and P 500 uh, corporate earnings kind of draw down 10%, I mean, that means that really the stock market, the U S stock market is, is in for a little bit more of a downward, you know, we're going to go back down and we're up pretty high off of the lows. Um, but I bet you will go down, you know, another 20, another 20% from here, which would put us, you know, down 35% from the highs. And that would be kind of in my, my eyes, kind of a worst case scenario. So, you know, that's not a, it's not a 2008 issue. It's not a, you know, run and put your money in cash, but what people are going to have to start doing is make some decisions about, you know, what's attractive in their portfolios. And if interest rates are really high, man, that really does make bonds very attractive in your portfolio. Because even if it's just a buy and hold for a while and you buy, you know, a, a 7% bond, I mean, hell, you might make more in your bonds next year than you make in your stocks. That doesn't happen often. Um, but, you know, and I think a lot of that is just really dependent on what happens, you know, in the next six weeks. So the next... I bet you when we're talking about what's the world going to look like when we record in February, we're going to have a pretty damn good idea what the year is going to look like based on what happens, you know, between now and, and the end of January. Well, here's a little troubling spot here. Not, not huge reading again from the wall street journal, which I consider to be sort of right down the middle. U S jobless claims rise slightly in tight labor market words that we haven't been saying about the job market in the last I don't know, year, year and a half, two years. Yeah. And that's what the Fed's trying to do. 
you tighten the labor market up a little bit. Our friend Austin Hufford. What's uh, up, Austin? He says, U.S. unemployment filings rose slightly last week, a sign the labor market remains tight despite layoffs at some companies and broader economic uncertainty. Initial jobless claims, a proxy for layoffs, rose by 4,000 to a seasonally adjusted 230,000 last week, the Labor Department said Thursday. That was near the 2019 weekly average of around uh, 218,000 when the labor market was also robust. Continuing claims, which reflect the number of people seeking on ongoing unemployment benefits, rose to their highest level since late February, though they also remain historically low. Continuing claims increased by 62,000 to 1.67 million in the week ending uh, November 26th. Jesse Wheeler, an economic analyst at Morning Consult, said the slow rise is continuing unemployment claims in unem- in continuing unemployment claims, I should say, is an indication workers are remaining on unemployment insurance for longer instead of immediately finding a new job. People who are losing their jobs are finding it more difficult to find a new job, he said. The latest uh, report comes as the labor market remains tight with continued job growth and low unemployment. Still, several major companies have laid off workers or stopped hiring in recent months. This has been something I've kept my eye on for a while because obviously yeah. I've got a child that's graduating in May and she's getting into the job market. Knock on wood, she's already accepted an offer, so everything's good. Hopefully that uh, that 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 holds. If it doesn't, I'll be moving in with you, Martin, because it'll get really tense down here. I'll, you'll just I'll just Come move. on, man. I'll we just move into Christ- the office. Dude, just, Christopher moved out. You have I, a, I don't even need your house. Just give me a give me a, a give me like a storage closet there at the office and I'll just No, nah, dude, I'll you got a bedroom, in. man. Christopher moved in. He's he, he moved out. It'll well, be fun, man. We can drink beer and cook food. That'd be great. So what do you make uh of that? I know you've talked about this. You said, Hey, this is why they're they're raising the rates. They're kind yep. of wanting jobs to become more scarce, which I think for most people, people listen to that and go, But why? I mean, what is yeah. that what does that it's mean? So so help me understand it real quick. Yeah, but but why is a good is a really good question. All right, so if you have an issue of of inflation, you know, and, and let's just call it demand driven inflation. So that means that, you know, people are still chasing stuff with their dollars, right? So a couple of things that can happen to slow down the demand, which keeps driving inflation up, which is, uh, you know, you make the price of things. Oh, holy hell. There was just an amazing goal by the Netherlands. Oh, I just saw it uh, off the head. Oh, it's incredible. Anyway, yeah. so you can, uh, you can, <laughs> drive up the keep driving up the price of things until someone says you know they're going to make an alternative decision right or um you know or people start either becoming a little underemployed or unemployed and then and then they have to stop spending you know on on things that are not core uh survival stuff so when you push unemployment numbers up uh it takes it takes money out of the money supply system the economic system and uh and then also has an effect of uh, will have the effect of bringing inflation numbers down so um the the deal with our unemployment numbers too is that you know full employment uh you know by definition is somewhere in the um you know somewhere in like the four four and a half percent range um you know, it can get even up to as high as like if we're at, you know, 5% unemployment, uh, that's okay. We, but we have our employment, our unemployment numbers have been 
you know, significantly below that. Now, what I actually think is going to happen with this recession is this is going to be a white collar recession. So like, I think a lot of middle-class America and even, you know, some of the lower middle-class America is not going to feel the, um, the job stress uh, of, of this recession. It's going to be felt more in those really, really high paying. And we're already starting to see it in like the tech firms where they're, you know, they're laying folks off. But from what I, what I understood and Austin may be, you know, give us, giving us an update was that a lot of those numbers, you know, cause they have these massive layoffs at Twitter, um, you know, it, 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 uh, you know, at Google, um, you know, and there's been a lot of really uh, like high profile layoffs that have happened, but you really haven't seen the unemployment numbers. You read this story beforehand, didn't you? You read, you read Austin's story. You cheated, didn't you? Dude, Austin and I are buddies, man. Did, did you and Austin talk about Austin. this? Because it's almost like you wrote the damn story because he, he says, he says layoffs have been concentrated in the technology and media industries and sectors yep. of the ec- economy sensitive to interest rates, such as housing and finance. Drink and snack maker PepsiCo is laying off headquarters workers, joining other companies cutting back on white-collar positions while holding on to frontline and blue-collar employees. The cuts are expected to affect office workers at its North America beverage business and packaged food businesses. News yep. organizations, TV networks, and entertainment studios, including Warner Brothers, Discovery Incorporated, CNN, and Paramount Global's television production units, have also announced layoffs. Dude, I wrote the, uh, Austin and I are best friends, man. That's I wrote the story for him. That's, that's, he just didn't give me any credit. That's, that's what's up. That's what's up. How about that? Uh, but, I mean, I, I agree with Austin, dude. I think... That's kind of what I'm seeing. And, you know, unlike the 2008, um, you know, debacle that kind of, that had ripple effects across the board for everyone. Like, dude, if you already own your house, uh, I mean, yeah, you've got inflation, you know, happening in your groceries and stuff like that. But, but dude, it's, you're in a much better position than like, you know, your, your kiddos that are uh, just graduating college. I'm, I'm sure you're probably, you're going to get asked the question, in the next year, like, Hey dad, you, you know, I'm, I'm spending X number of dollars on rent. Do I need to buy a house instead? And, you know, and you're probably going to give her advice and you're going to say, well, you know, interest rates are really high right now. It, you know, it may make sense to rent just a little longer yeah, until interest rate, you know, interest rates come down, but I'm sure that your house, you know, is refinanced or financed at a much lower interest rate than, than what they are, what they're in right now. So that, so that yeah. doesn't hurt me and you that already have. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes when my, when Jennifer, which she hasn't said this, but I'm going to make her look like a bad guy. When Jennifer says, Hey, I want a new house. I'm going to be like, no, absolutely not. Um, cause I'm not going to go get a mortgage at, you know, at 8%. Yeah, no, it's true. Or, or if, or I'll say, Hey, I'll tell you what, if you find a house that is, uh, that is half of the value of the, the house we're in right now, that means that my payment's going to be, uh, my payment's going to be equal. So that's fine, but you have to be willing to, to downsize, uh, you know, half of the house. And she's not going to be willing to do that. No, nor should she. I mean, your, your point, your point's well taken. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nor should she, because it's actually, it's my peace and tranquility <clears throat> that happens whenever, uh, 
you know, when I, when I step into the doghouse that I can just immediately go shut the door to the doghouse and, and, uh, the house, the house has a enough space for me to be able to do that versus our first home we lived in was like, uh, 1400 square feet Ooh. and you could do nothing. Yeah. I'm trying to think our, our first house that Laura and I lived in was maybe 1200 square feet. 1170 sounds familiar. Oh, shit, for dude, some there's reason. a brawl breaking out. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, oh my. Oh shit. Who says soccer's a non-contact sport? There's a lot of <laughs> the referees. Like the referee has that look on his face. Like, I mean, oh, dude, I've, I've, I've lost. I've lost control of this. In this situation, he's oh, he's he's lost control here. Well, dude, and, and they were talking about the before this game started. He's just this holding. Match. He's just holding up a yellow card, like everywhere. Like he's just like waving it around. Like you get dude, a yellow. And they were talking you about get a before yellow. this match started that he, in his, in La Liga, he games get away from him, and um, and they were concerned that this at this level, uh, this match was going to get away from him. I got to tell you and, though. Now, now look, I'm not a referee expert, but I don't know that, I don't know that this one's his fault. This this thing, I don't know that I don't know that the best referee in the world could have gotten this under control. No, I mean I don't I don't disagree with you on that. You just, that's pretty rare to see what just happened, man. Like and, where where benches get cleared. Here we're gonna watch it again. Yeah, and all he did. I was, mean that was that was obviously a really awful tackle. I mean he deserves a yellow card for that tackle. Studs up, didn't even go for the ball, just chopping at his shins, and he's like, "Holy shit, bam!" Virgil just took him out. All right. We, uh, we may have to put uh what are oh. the parental advisories for for podcasts we may have to put that on yeah but he he only gave on out the one show. yellow he kind of kept it under control he didn't some credit to him all right so we started with uh we started with we started with refereeing we'll finish with refereeing we'll we'll <laughs> let you we'll let you watch the uh, extra time here is they're in the 90th minute two to one Argentina people that are listening to this on Saturday are gonna be like, I'm so confused. I know they are going to be really confused. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the fact that we're talking about this is probably a sign that the the, the sport is really growing. Uh, we'll come back next week. We'll have another edition of Mind on My Money. And then uh, after that, we'll get be close to the holiday season. We'll figure out kind of where we go from there. So maybe next week we start doing some kind of year in review type stuff on yeah, the yeah. stories that, that kind of made Made us what made, got us to talk here on uh, Mind on My Money. Martin, before we go, tell the people one more time how they can get in touch with you guys at Pinnacle. Uh, indeed. You can uh, catch us on phone, old school phone, 601-957-0323. Uh, or you can, you can email us to info at mypinnwealth.com. All right, Martin, appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. I will hopefully see you on, uh, on Saturday out in Clinton. And... Um, be nice to the Oxford kids, okay? I mean, if it's a close call, just give it to the Chargers. And uh, sweet, I mean, I can, and, and I I do take tips. You know, if you want to put hundred dollar bills on the on the sidelines, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, we, we see what we can do. I know someone's gonna be like, "That's what happens. That's how they get the calls. They pay in the referee." Yeah, that's what. That's <laughs> that, that, there, there's an anti Oxford sentiment that I think they think we we pay for everything and we don't. We, we, well, we I'm gonna I'm gonna have you. Uh, I'm gonna give you a very balanced. I don't give a shit about either team game. So that's what we want. All right. Well, listen. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you out there on Saturday. Have a great weekend. Thanks to everyone for making us a part of your week. We certainly appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle against MyPinWealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. The headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. 
The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.